Okay, I always look for Larry to shut the doors as my cue. And they're shut, so you're, I was gonna say you're locked in, I guess that's not entirely true. But if too many of you leave, that would get awkward, I guess. All right, good morning. It's good to see everybody this morning. We got uh, Brother Dave Hardy with us this morning and his wife. Excellent to have them. Can't wait for services to follow. So uh, we're going to start off with our uh, Sunday school uh, lesson this morning. But before we do, let's open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, it is such an honor and privilege to be in your house again this morning. Amongst family, amongst brothers and sisters. It's so great to see the uh, fellowship uh, time uh, earlier and everybody just enjoying the time with each other, lifting up each other, praying for each other. And as we'll see in our lesson here uh, momentarily, it's that love for each other that makes this place such a special place. We just love spending time here with our family, and we love spending time with you, and we don't take that for granted. And as we open up your word here for our Sunday school hour, we ask that you be with us and help us apply uh, maybe just some small piece of it that we can take from this time and apply to our lives so that we can be a blessing to others and uh, grow to know and love you more. And dear Heavenly Father, we just ask that uh, even now uh, you begin to prepare our hearts and minds for services yet to come. Be with Brother Hardy as he uh, will soon uh, give us our message. And we just ask that you uh, speak through him and work through him and do a special, magnificent uh, time with us this morning. And again, as we open up your word, be with us through this lesson. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Be in, the, uh, in 1 John chapter 2 this morning. 1 John chapter 2. So as we kind of have been going through this letter... We've seen that uh, John is writing these this letter to some churches that he um, spent some time in prior to when he was in, uh, involved in his ministry. And what he's found is that there are some heresies and some conflict growing in these churches. So he wants to write to um, the people that he loves. He, he loves these, these folks and he wants them to... Um, get right. So he writes this letter, and, and we had several things, and we'll kind of do a little bit of a uh, review. But we'll start reading in verse 1 of chapter 2. And we'll see some of the things that John wants to tell these folks. He says in verse 1, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. Not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. 
He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abide in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Now verse 7. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which ye have heard, excuse me, which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in light, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. So we see here John kind of giving us, and the, the people that he's writing to, some basic facts on saying, you know what? It's, don't make this harder than it needs to be. These heresies were coming in, these Gnostic beliefs, and it, it was just causing a lot of problems. So he was talking to them, and he's saying, don't make this harder than it needs to be. You should uh, have Christian um, faith, and you should live a life of joy because of that faith in Jesus. And he gives us a couple of very basic rules to say, here's some basic things that you should be kind of checking some boxes to know that your faith is real, that your faith is real, that you're not getting tied up in all these other beliefs. And we've already discussed these in some previous classes, but I'll mention them briefly. Just in these verses, he says, rule number one, don't ever mess with stuff that gets you in trouble. He says in verse one, I write unto you that ye sin not. Now we all know that we're a fallen creature. You're going to sin. But he's saying, don't put yourself in positions where you might sin. Rule number two, when you sin, when you foul things up, remember you have someone who's always in your corner. Verse 1 goes on to say, and if any man sin, we have an advocate. You have somebody in your corner that's there to pick you up, get you through that, and, and uh, advocate for you. Rule number three, behave like a member of the family. We'll talk a little bit more about this even today, but you know, behave, you're a Christian, act like it. No matter what you say, your actions tell the truth, number four. I think Christianity, um, you often, when uh, soul winning, people would say, well, I really don't want to go to church. It's just full of hypocrites, right? And I love how pastor put it, you know, join and we'll have one more. Um, but our actions should match our words. Amen. Rule number five, when you're looking for an example to follow, choose Jesus. And that's in verse 6. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Which is a great um, follow-up to our theme this year. Being followers of God. You know, you have an example to follow. You have an example to follow. And now we get to verse number 7. 
in 1 John. And the rule we're going to talk about today is love your brothers and sisters. Love your brothers and sisters. This is a family. Um, We even use family terms when we're talking to each other, brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. We're a family, and we should love each other. We'll see that in our text this morning. Verse 7 says, Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Now, I think most of us probably get this, but I want to spend a few minutes kind of breaking this down so that we realize and we kind of comprehend this isn't anything novel. (laughs) Um, John, you know, it's not, you know, saying love each other. That's it's it's uh it's a premise and a and a base of the christian faith we have time if you uh, flip back to leviticus chapter 19 leviticus chapter 19 we're going to read a few passages and we'll start in verse 9 Leviticus chapter 19, verse 9. The Bible says, And when ye reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field, neither shalt thou gather the gleaning of thy harvest. And thou shalt not glean thy vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard. Thou shalt leave them for the poor and stranger. I am the Lord your God. You should not steal neither deal falsely, neither lie one to another. And you shall not swear by my name falsely, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him. The wages of him that is hired shall not abide with thee all night until the morning. Thou shalt not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but shalt fear thy God. I am the Lord the Lord. You shall do no unrighteous in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty, but in righteous shalt thou judge thy neighbor. Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among the people, neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart, Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. In verse 18, thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. So we see, you know, from the basic laws it was given, uh, there was this premise of love one another. Love one another. God created us because He loved us and wanted to spend time with us. This premise of love is foundational. It's foundational in our faith. In Deuteronomy, uh, it goes on to say, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. 
The idea that love for God and obedience to His commands is expressed by love for others, again, was central to the Old Testament. And Jesus, in His ministry, continued that, those lessons. In Mark chapter 12, He uh, begins, and, and the Bible says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that ye had answered them well, asked him, Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Man, he puts a great weight on both of these. Both of them. We get, you know, love God. Love God. He, he, we love Him because He first loved us. I mean, that's, again, it's foundational. But love each other. Love each other too. And that's just as foundational. It's just as important. Jesus emphasizes that for us. And after Jesus... So as time with us was passed, uh, the, uh, Paul went on to affirm these truths. In Galatians 5.14, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. If you love somebody, then you're not going to want to do, uh, you're not going to want to lie against them, you're not going to want to steal from them, you're not going to want to treat them badly. Love is the foundation for all that. Romans 13 says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Again, John's reminding his readers that in his letter in 1 John that love isn't any something, this isn't a new commandment. And he tells them that. This isn't new, but evidently we need to be reminded once in a while, don't we? We need to be reminded, even the basic things we sometimes need to be reminded of. This isn't new, novel, or profound. It is something that, again, has been the foundation of Christian faith from the beginning. Now in verse number 8, down to verse 11, we'll read that again. John says, again, a new commandment now I write unto you. Which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goes, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes." John now speaks of this new commandment. What's he referring to here? Well, he's remembering the time he spent with Jesus. And if, we, uh, if you recall back in John, 
uh, our class went through John, and I know Brother Lynn's class is now. We had in chapter 13 the account of Jesus in the upper room, and we had all the disciples come in, and we're getting ready to have this meal, and they come in, and they all got dirty feet, right? Now they're walking around, they wear sandals. Now when they sat for meals, they would, they would uh, kind of uh, do so on the floor, and they would lean, which put their feet real close to each other. So, you know, Jesus gets up, doesn't say a word, just gets up, the Bible says he girded himself. And he grabbed the basin and he starts walking around each of his disciples one by one, washing their feet. What an act of love right there. Amen. What an act of love. He took on a task of a, of a servant and took care of them. He didn't rebuke them. You know, I didn't clean yourself before you got here. No, he just washed their feet. We then have him prophesy about uh, Judas, about one of them turning against him. And Judas leaves. And then we have in John chapter 13, verse 31, just uh, after that, the Bible says, Therefore, when he had gone out, this is after Judas had left, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, verse 34, a new commandment I give unto you. Same phrasing John uses in his letter, a new commandment that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love for one another. Jesus knew they were getting ready to go through some hard times. Getting ready to go through some difficult times. He was getting ready to be crucified. He was going to be leaving them. They had spent three and a half years together. That's, that's a good amount of time. And you would develop a very close relationship during that time. And he was going to be leaving. And persecution was going to come. And they're gonna be, their faiths are going to be tried. And he's saying, through that, just keep loving one another. Just keep loving one another. It's so... Often that when something like that, when different trials come into our lives that, you know, we got this stress or that stress and then I'm not as patient or I'm not as forgiving as I am towards somebody else and a word gets said. And, you know, just a simple word or a simple action or a simple gesture can be devastating to a relationship. Oh, he's reminding them as you go through these things, just keep loving one another. And John is thinking back to that, no doubt. He's thinking back to that time when Jesus was talking to them and he's reminding his readers in 1 John, just love one another. Keep loving one another. You guys are, you got these uh, Gnostic beliefs coming in, these heresies, and you're arguing about doctrine and, you know, you're, you're attacking each other when just, just keep loving one another and you'll figure that stuff out. We'll help you through that. Just keep loving one another. 
John here is referring again to relationship between brothers and sisters, between believers. Between believers. And he says, love one another as I have loved you. You have an example to follow. Just, just follow. John in his letter goes on to say, he that hateth his brother is in darkness. Man, I, you know, I love reading John's writing. He sometimes just says it, you know. Darkness blinds you. When you're in darkness, you, you just are blinded from that light. It begins to consume you. It makes you see things that aren't there. It plays with your mind. It makes you see things in people that aren't reality. Well, what's an example of this? Think back to the Old Testament, King Saul and, and David. Both anointed of God, but Saul becomes just infatuated with David because of jealousy because of jealousy and that 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 darkness that blinded him during that time drove him to make at least two dozen separate attempts to kill David Saul's hate consumed him so much that darkness um, he consulted a witch and then died of suicide of his own sword. All from just being consumed in that darkness of hate. I won't mention specifics, but I, I've known people that have had that bitterness and darkness just consume them to the point that it was like, you know, when I say consume, it's almost like they were consumed and there was no coming back from it. Uh, that's it. the hate and, and bitterness towards somebody will just eat you alive. I've seen, I've often said, um, I've seen some that I would say that's what killed them eventually. Just that inner bitterness towards somebody else that, that just, it consumed them. There's no other a really good way to put it, I think. And I think in Saul's case, we can see that. It just consumed him, that darkness. It enveloped him. John says in verse 11 in his letter, But he that hateth his brother, again, is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not where he goeth, because the darkness hath blinded his eyes. Oh, how right John is by saying this. Again, Saul ended up in total darkness, and it consumed his life. Now, We've all read these passages before, um, hopefully. We've heard messages on loving one another. It's, again, just as John says, this isn't anything new. And what tends to happen is we think, oh yeah, uh-huh. You know, there was, there was a couple months ago or, you know, way back when, I remember that one brother who said something or did something yeah uh-huh you think back to somebody else what they did well I just urge you and let me challenge you for just a few minutes uh, let's let's look at ourselves and look inwardly on this because we can't do anything about how somebody else reacts but we can do something about how we react or how we act so what constitutes hate okay if I'm not to hate, if I'm to love, 
I think we understand love maybe more than we do hate. So what constitutes hate? And this was interesting when I was really studying this. How far do I have to have an issue with someone before I cross that line into hate? I mean, that's kind of the way we think, is it? Because if I know where the line is, I might be able to go right up to it. But I still don't hate them. I'm good, right? Well, while doing some study here, what I actually found was just like the analogy is light and darkness. You're in light. You love one another. If you're in hate, you're in darkness. There's no gray there. <laughs> now, over the years, um, I've had people, I think society especially now, there's no black and white. Everything's gray. There's no um, right and wrong. or It's just everything's in shades of gray. Well, Scripture's not like that. Amen. There's light and there's darkness. So what constitutes hate? Failure to love actively is what I actually wrote down. So if you're not actively loving someone, then you actually are in hate. Just as darkness is the absence of light, hate is the absence of love. And you might think, whoa, now hold on here a second. There's so-and-so. We don't always see eye to eye. You know? We, this is, you know, maybe I wouldn't just hang out with them after church. We just don't see eye to eye. They do things different than I would do. So, you know, I'm not loving on them, but I'm not hating on them either. You know, I just, they sit over here and I sit over here and we go about our, our day, but... You know, don't push me so far to say I need to love on them. Well, actually, Scripture does say that. Scripture does say that. It does say, remember, active love. If you're not actively loving, then you're hating. So it's not good enough that you just kind of exist with each other. We're a family, as I said before. We're a church family. And have you been in those places where there's, there's thick because there's kind of unspoken, I don't know, resentment or something, that can be felt. And if there's so-and-so and so-and-so that sit on this side, I guarantee you're probably not the only ones. There's probably some others. And when you have guests or somebody, that, that can start to be felt in a family. So when we do not love, when you do not show love, we'll talk a little bit here in a second about what that may look like. But when we do not love, we sin. Christ commands us to love one another. So if we're anything short of that, we fail to live up to his standard. To claim to live in the light, to enjoy fellowship with the God of light, must be tested by a man's treatment of his brothers and sisters. We all, or... I hope we all, but I would, I would uh, the majority of us here today claim to be Christian. You're here on Sunday morning for Sunday school, and you claim to be Christian. We all, you know, so that test of that, how's the, t what's the test of that? The test of that is, do you love one another? 
So if somebody from the outside were to come in and just observe, would they see that in you? Would they see that in you, that love? Can I put it another way? Religious profession must be tested by the presence or absence of love and action. As a church and body of Christ, as members of His church, we have a sole purpose of spreading the gospel and following His command of the Great Commission. And we're in a spiritual battle with that. Anybody don't think that that's the case nowadays? I mean, it's becoming... It's something I saw uh, just a survey recently that one I think it had uh, back in 1990, I want to say that 90 some percent of the country claimed to be Christian. That stat now is like 64. In 30 years, it's gone down that much. It's a spiritual battle. And because we're out there and we're all battling the same things when we leave here this afternoon or when you go to work tomorrow, you got to have some place that you can come to be edified, to be lifted up, to be kind of patted on the back or just to pat somebody else on the back because they're experiencing issues. It's a battle out there Monday through Friday and on Saturday. It is. I mean, I, don't, I can't put it any other way. And if we come here and we're attacking each other, then we're not edifying each other. And if we are ignoring each other, then we're not praying for each other. If we're not loving each other, then we're hating each other. And great damage is done to Christ's church when these things occur. Now, I've seen in different groups that I've been involved with over the years, and these things tend to happen with families, I think. You, know, you spend some time together. Uh, I went to the... Uh, FBI Academy years ago and spent 10 weeks with uh, 250 other men and women and so we had to share a room with uh, another gentleman and then uh, we uh, there was a suite mate with two others that we shared the, the restroom with and I got to tell you at that point in my life I wasn't used to sharing a room with another guy especially another type A personality guy and you spend that much time with somebody and guess what oof there are going to be some conflicts come up now I know in, in my previous line of work in, in policing and I've, it kind of made me think of, of Ken with all those firemen staying together all night I bet there's some conflicts that go on it happens in families it happens in families but it shouldn't be the norm Especially in, in law enforcement, when I first started 20-some years ago, it was, it was a different career. People kind of looked up to law enforcement. And over the years, especially toward the end of my career, there were attacks coming from everywhere from the outside. Everywhere. And then you'd go to work, and because you're so close and because you're family, guess what? The attacks came from inside, too. Where do you go? Where do you go for the... Where's your safety? Well, as we said, accomplishing the Great Commission, it's a spiritual battle out there right now. And if you live up to the, what Jesus has taught us, and we want to be followers of God, so we follow the commandments and the, the things that He wants us to do, because we love Him, not because you know we're, we're, it's a legalistic thing. No, it, obedience is because of love. 
and we do those things because we love God, you're going to face attacks. Well, then the best thing to look forward to is Sunday morning when you get to come together and spend time with each other and you talk and you fellowship and you realize, guess what? You're not the only one getting those attacks. Oh, good. I thought I was the only one. Yeah, this is what happened to me. And, you know, and I'll pro- let me pray for you if you'll pray for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then we get to hear from God's Word and preaching to lift us up and re-energize us for another week. But if you come here and there's not that love, there's not that active love, you start Monday in a deficit. You know, this is the time to lift each other up. And we've heard too many stories of church splits over foolish stuff. Just foolish things. Because they're not practicing the active love toward one another. So, okay, we talked about hate and that it's not, that hate pretty much is not active loving. So, how can I show active loving? Here's a few things I wrote down Romans 14 19 says this Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. So, the first way I think we can show active loving is build up one another. If we spend time together as a family, and we do, you, we get to know each other. So I don't care, you know, when somebody walks in, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm great. Can you tell if they're great or not? Yeah, I mean, we spend time together. You can with family. And if, you know, some, they may not be comfortable sharing what's going on. Maybe text them later and go, you know what, I, I just sensed your heart was heavy with something, I'll pray for you. I don't need to make it weird or awkward for them. But just text them. Be an encouragement. Build up one another. Like I said, it's a battle out there. Let's build each other up. Ephesians 4.2 With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. So the second way I think we can show active loving is being gentle to one another. Some folks just may not be having a good day. I had like two hours sleep last night. I'm being honest. I told Mike if I fall asleep teaching to throw something. You know, some, some people just may not be at their best right then. Be gentle with each other. Be gentle. Give each other the benefit of the doubt. We do that with family, don't we? Do that. So if somebody says something, you know, maybe it's a little crass or a little, little harsh, and you're like, Wow. Where'd that come from? Exactly. Where'd it come from? That's not, his, that's not normal for that person. So give them the benefit of the doubt. Just be gentle. Be gentle. Ephesians 4.32 And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So the third way for active loving is be kind to one another so as to preserve unity. This is bigger than... Than just you. What we're, you know, this is in accomplishing uh, the Great Commission, seeing souls saved. We all have a vast array of experiences and knowledge on something. Um, I heard just this past week in FBI, the Faith Bible Institute, 
Is it this week or the week after? It was one of the well, weeks this semester. And I loved how he said it. And he was talking on a topic similar to this. And he, he said something along the lines of, you know, if you're talking to somebody and they say something that you know to be incorrect, sometimes we're real apt to point out somebody's wrong. Well, you know what? He said, uh, sometimes it's okay that you know that you know and you, excuse me, you know that and you know you know that you're right, but they don't know. You don't have to point it out. Just keep it to yourself. You know, be gentle. And we show that deference and that kindness so as to preserve unity. There's no use of starting something just for the sake of starting something. It just it serves no purpose. Ephesians 5.21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So another way we show active love is submitting to one another. If you notice somebody needing something, help them out. Just help them out. And I think we have a great church, and I, I know of examples of this that has occurred, and it's always um, um, just builds your faith when you hear of those. And, and, I, and it just, I saw just uh, yesterday uh, there was some posts of uh, concern about um, somebody that made you know, some traveling stuff, and man, there were people all over Facebook trying to help out. That's awesome. You know, we're willing to submit to each other and help each other out when there's a need. Submit to one another. Sometimes you have to just follow. I love our theme this year, followers of God. And there's been many messages over this topic this year, and, and it's been one of my soapboxes for years. I think too often we, we spend time seeking training in leadership and we would be better suited to seek training in followership not everybody's going to be a leader not everybody can do it i've, I've mentioned this before but man I, you put six police officers in a room and tell them to do a group project and you ain't gonna get nothing done <laughs> i'm tell i've been there so somebody's got to just say you know what i'll take i'll just do what you you know somebody tell me what to do and, and that's the only way you're going to get anything accomplished. I went to one school in particular. It was a leadership school. And I don't do well with these kind of games anyway, but they blindfolded us all and separated us in this field. And they said, they walked by you and they whispered an animal in your ear. And they said, okay, when we say go, you have to find all the other animals by just making the sound of that animal. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so they, wish, they whispered like cow in my ear. So I'm supposed to walk around mooing like a cow, listening for the other cows so that I can go toward them. <sighs> I just stood there. And I let all that chaos go on and settled down. And then I heard all of them over here and I just walked over there. Sometimes it's okay just to take a step back. Um, not, yeah, you know, again, yeah, this was a group of 25 leaders. I think it was Leadership Ponca City was one of those uh, things. I, you know, I'm a police officer. I don't do, I don't do well with that kind of stuff. But, but uh, somebody, sometimes you got to submit. Sometimes you got to take a step back so that things can get done.
And then finally, what's another way we can show active loving? Comfort one another with the hope of Christ's return. Again, I've said it, we're in a spiritual battle for the souls of the lost. We have to keep our eyes on that task we have in the return of Christ. Everything else that goes on in society is just noise. It just gets in the way. It distracts us from our mission and our focus. It distracts us from focusing on each other and focusing on on, uh, our brothers and sisters here. So the final thing I have here that I can just say, I implore you, just love one another. Amen. You know, show that deference, show that, that kindness, be gentle, forgive them if you know, somebody's having a bad day and says something. I'll speak for some. Some of us ain't very easy to love. But, you know, love one another. Love one another. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for our lesson this morning again um, as John uh, pointed out this is nothing new nothing novel God established this uh, pattern this behavior that we're to love one another uh, back from the beginning and Jesus during his time on in ministry emphasized that love again That love is to be present. We're to actively love. Help us just have a right heart in that regard. Help us to keep in focus that uh, our mission and our goal is to save souls and see them saved to spend eternity with you and focused on your return, your eventual return. Everything else just gets in the way and it's just noise and distractions and draws us away from that. So we just ask you to be with us. Again, as we have a few uh, minutes of fellowship, I ask you to be with us during that time. And, and again, be with uh, Brother Hardy as he uh, gets ready for, uh, to uh, give our message here in just a few minutes. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you.